What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the Real Ones Canes podcast. I'm the Beast, Brian London. He is Brandon O'Doy. Do us a favor. Go to wherever you get your podcasts. Let's do this. Spotify, Amazon, Apple, wherever it may be, and just subscribe to the podcast. That would help so much. You just get your episodes downloaded to your phone every week. It's a great thing. Plus, go to the YouTube channel and subscribe there as well so you can see our pretty faces. Brandon, it's another glorious week for the Miami Hurricanes. It is official. We have a running backs coach uh, after Tim Harris Jr. decided to uh, take his talents up north to go be an offensive coordinator. The University of Miami made it official. Matt Merritt coming to the University of Miami from USF is the new running backs coach. You look at the the fact that he he spent time at Ohio State, at Tennessee. He's been with different offenses, different coaches. And everything I've heard is that he's a really bright young man and uh, a really good recruiter. So we'll see. We don't know a lot about him. He, he doesn't have that many ties down here. But it looks like Mario may have gone and picked up a bright young mind to coach the running backs. Yeah, when I look at what you probably want out of uh, a running backs coach or anybody uh, who's on offense coming into uh, this Mario Cristobal staff, you want a guy that has the potential to be uh, an offensive coordinator uh, down the road. Because if what you think is going to happen happens, uh, Shannon Dawson, uh, when he leads Miami to, you know, uh, a college football playoff and potentially even a college football Final Four, or even a national championship, he's going to be very highly sought after and he's going to be gone. And so you want to have coaches that, um, can take the place of a guy when you're expected to have success. And, you know, we talked a lot this offseason about Nick Saban and him moving on, uh, and he'll be remembered for the championships that he won on the field. But he's probably the best coach ever because of a lot of the things he did off the field. We just talked uh, about before this broadcast started how he sort of um, reinvented college football coaching and and, and staff and personnel and and departments with analysts and scouts and consultants. And we'll talk uh, some later about what, you know, Miami has done toward that end, but he did an excellent job of replacing quality coaches with other quality coaches. And he's done that better than anybody in the modern era of college football. And so uh, I'm not necessarily um, familiar with this coach and his background and accolades and, Obviously, everyone walks in the door saying this and that about coaches, but uh, the proof will be in the pudding. He's got a really good room, uh, so we'll see how he is as a developer and how he is as a recruiter. Um, the big thing for me is the the, the lack of South Florida ties, uh, but that doesn't hurt a person who comes in and has the ability to make quick relationships and you know to realize very quickly who's important, who's not and who you have to spend time with and who you have to uh, get to know. And that's with any area of football, college football around. And it just requires personality and it requires follow-up and uh, abilities to be affable and those types of things. So there's a lot to like. You definitely want someone with credentials coming in. Um, but then there are a few concerns. He definitely has no concerns on the room that he's inheriting. Uh, he's inheriting a really good room. He left a really good room with Naquan Wright, a South Floridian, uh, who rushed for about 800 yards at USF last year. Uh, and his quarterback uh, was probably his best running back 
um, and that really didn't have much to do with him. So we'll see how he is as a manager with playing time. And also um, the biggest thing we'll notice right away is how, how well he recruits. Yeah. You know, as I think I said in last week's show, you know, what, what could be the case and we'll get a chance to maybe ask Mario about this coming up soon as spring practice is about to get underway, but we'll, we'll get a chance to, to ask Mario, as I said, but I, I think when you look at the situation, it could be the case where, you know, coaches hear about other coaches or meet other coaches, whether it's at conventions or on the road recruiting or through the highways and byways of college football. And it may be just that, Mario and the staff have heard so much positive uh, info about this guy that they knew they had to, you know, go interview him, take a chance on him. And it looks like he's an up and coming coach. And sometimes that's enough to add a guy to your staff. So we'll see what Mario says when we get a chance to talk to him. But, um, you know, like I said, we wish him the best. And we we hope that the, uh, like you said, the proof is in the pudding and that running back room can have the year that we expect him to have. Meanwhile, there's still a hole in the staff at a cornerback coach. I don't know if you have any info. I don't have any info. There's been names thrown out there, but no real movement yet. Any other thoughts on, on what may be happening there? Well, we dropped a few names last week, uh, and, and, and those still kind of hold true. But this, to me, Beast, is the biggest hire of the offseason because this is the group that has to prove itself. You're going to have two new starting safeties because you're losing – um to the draft and you want that to happen by the way this is how miami used to be you're losing two starters to the draft and so you're expecting two new guys to come in and they have to be developed and jailed you're, you're doing pretty good on the outside with some veteran guys coming back at corner um and daryl porter and others and so you're you're excited about what's going on in that respect but that back end is going to be something that has to get coached up now Lance Guidry is a safeties guy. So you're not so concerned about, you know, where you're going to be and what's going on in the offseason because, you know, he is a defensive back, uh, defensive coordinator. However, um, this is, you know, he cannot be with them full time. And so this is going to be uh, a hire that is very, very uh, serious for Mario Cristobal. The early indication is that it's not going to be DeMarcus Van Dyke coming back here. Uh, that that much I'm I feel pretty comfortable to say, um, and so he's kind of taking his path at USF and uh, growing and uh, bringing you know what he brings to that program, and they're you know off to you know a really good start this off season, and they're going to do some big things there under Alex Golish. So I think Mario's going to take his time with this one uh, because you know this one's going to be a little you know. There's a lot of strategic turnover on this defense. I mean, you, it doesn't necessarily present itself as kind of aligning, but when you lose Alonzo Highsmith, who was a defensive guy, when you lose Jamila Dye, and, you know, when you have some reshuffling there, um, you know, there's a lot to kind of deal with on defense, you know, with regard to the back end. The front end, Joseph, you know, Jason Taylor, they're good to go. You know, and, and even, you know, the box, you know, with Coach D. Nick coaching up the linebackers. So they're pretty solid. But on that back end, the influencers outside of the D.C., Lance Gidry, who, you know, we, did, did he get flirtations at LSU? I think he would have been silly to take that job. 
you know, given the projection of Brian Kelly and how sort of he's not really meeting the mark there. Um, but in, in Miami, he's kind of trending more up, especially in the recruiting area with a top five class. So I, this one, it has my full attention. It really, really does. I don't have any names because I think this is going to come from a place we don't know about. I think this, unless this is linked to Matt, you know, uh, to Gidry, and and we brought up names before uh, on the show last week, uh, yeah. unless this is linked to him, I don't see this being somebody we expect this to be. Um, so we, you know, we got to buckle up and see what takes place here. Uh. Yeah, I you know the the same names we threw out last week, dude at Marshall, um, some of the other stuff, Pat Sertain, all that stuff, still out there, but we have no real indication of one way or the other on yeah. that one. Another interesting personnel move, and and this one, um, I don't think there's been an official press release and p- press release, and I don't know what his exact position or title is. And is he working for the staff or with the staff or as an outside consultant? All of that has to be panned out. But what we do know is that Sly Johnson, and maybe it's a name that a lot of people don't know about, but he's kind of a local legend in getting kids, just the maximum out of kids, uh, coaching them up to their biggest potential locally, especially in Broward. Sly Johnson looks like he's going to be working somewhat with the receivers at the University of Miami and maybe some other positions. He's a guy you know well, Brandon. We've seen him over the years develop guys to move on to the next level and the level above that. looks like it could be a really good move, smart move for the University of Miami. Yeah, Sly Johnson is um, the owner of Premier Athletes, and he's a guy that is uh, a consultant. He is working with the University of Miami. He does not work for the University of Miami. And so he's a guy that runs a training house uh, locally here in South Florida. He started out working with, you know, um, a guy by the name of Daniel Braverman at university school under Roger Harriet. Uh, Daniel Braverman went on to Western Michigan and the Chicago Bears, and he became, you know, one of the most prolific, you know, college football wide receivers in the country uh, after basically being an unknown here in South Florida. Um, and he was developed by Slot Johnson. Some other names that you might be more familiar with, Josiah Trader, who just checked into the University of Miami, Ryan Mack, um, Chance um, Robinson, who's another receiver that's committed uh, to Miami and signed Hill and Roll uh, in the summer. And uh, a guy by the name of Jeremiah Smith, J.J. Smith, mm. uh, which mm. is the number one receiver uh, recruiting the country who went to Ohio State and he's been with Slot Johnson since he was 10 years old. And so there are some names, Sam Bruce, uh, a guy you may have heard of in the past, is one of huh? Sly's pupils. Uh, and, and, and I'm doing it a great injustice. There are just so many athletes that have come out of that house. This is Alabama-ish. Amazing move by Mario Cristobal uh, to get Sly Johnson involved. And um, he is the one that developed Xavier Restrepo, leading receiver of, of the Miami Hurricanes. He is the reason Xavier Restrepo is always open. Uh, they call it the craft uh, is what they teach in the training house and they train uh, every single week on Sundays. So Restrepo, Jeremiah Smith, Josiah Trader, 
you know, Chance Robinson, these guys have come up under Sly Johnson and his coaching staff and, and the guys that work with premier athletes. And these are the ones that, you know, kind of made him uh, a household name here in South Florida. So this is a tremendous move by Mario Cristobal. It's sort of a, uh, a checkers, not chess type move. Uh, because in these offseason moments where coaches can't really be around or there's limitations, you know, sort of the, um, you know, uh, Nick Saban formula, hiring these consultants with all kinds of uh, abilities. And and now you have a quarterback that can get these guys the ball, a quarterback or two. And uh, you have some nice toys to work with, especially the freshman Nikar, uh, Chance uh, Robinson, and even Josiah Trader, who, by the way, uh, all accounts, uh, people are saying that this kid looks like the real deal. So um, he's only been on campus a month. So going to be very interesting times leading up to spring. And I think you'll see uh, some immediate fruits and, you know, coupled with Kevin Beard, who's already a tremendous developer of talent and great recruiter, uh, this receiver room at Miami is going to be pretty scary moving forward. Yeah, no, it, listen, in college football, right? You you just got to start thinking outside the box. You got to start doing it differently. You got to do things that maybe you haven't done in the past or that you know other programs have done that had success and you need to start copying that paradigm. And, and I think that's something that Mario is doing. So, yeah, this is a great move with Sly Johnson and uh, we'll see how that works out with spring football coming up. Hopefully, you know, we get to see some of these new receivers show out a little bit. You know, the other thing I want to get to before we take a break, Brandon, is, uh, you know, you and I talked before the uh, before the show about, you know, there's there's a little bit of positivity from the outside towards the Miami Hurricanes that that you know, if you listen to some of the national podcasts or watch some of the national YouTube channels and what have you that, you know, because, uh, you know, Cam Ward has come in because there's depth at the quarterback position, depth at the running back position and influx at the receiver position. Offensive line is going to be good uh, under Mario and Alex Maribal uh, because the defense, you know, has Lance Guidry at the helm um, that there's some, some positive vibes there. And I know sometimes locally Canes fans tend to look at the negative. Sometimes, you know, we get a little down, but if you look outside, if you look from the people that are the, the third parties looking at the Miami Hurricanes, there's some some positive vibes there. Do you get that sense? I definitely do. And, um, you know, there's usually not a lot of positivity about this program on a national scale or usually it's like way overhyped. So, like, the national guys went off the bridge with, you know, they went over the cliff with Tyler Reddick and he turned out to be just another guy. You know, um, I mean, we've had him before. We've had, you know, Malik's before. We've had Stephen Morris's before. We've had guys that were just guys. You know what I mean? Um, and so this feels, and maybe they're doing some of the same things, but it feels more authentic. It feels more researched. It feels more uh, intuitive given recruiting meeting, development meeting, sort of scheduling and all of these things, you know, kind of coming to bear. And we did sort of a schedule show. We talked about it. Miami's schedule is pretty friendly. You open up at a Florida team that's not expected to be that great, and you get a couple of breaks. You go on the road for a trappish game at USF. For sure. You play Florida State at home, and you got Syracuse on the road. And then 
you know, to end the season, which could, you know, make or break a big season because uh, they got a new coach and they're trying to prove a lot of things and they're going to be well coached and well uh, developed as well under Fran Brown. But, you know, the national guys are picking up on the fact that Miami might have some, you know, ability here. And, you know, if they can close the gap with Florida State and Florida State is they're restructuring a lot. That's the thing that everybody's trying to figure out. Like, how well can they put this back together? after having a 13-1 and team. You know what I mean? It's just they were so, so good last year. You're replacing quarterbacks. You're replacing running backs. You're replacing receivers. You're replacing defensive tackles. You're replacing defensive ends. And so there's just so much that has to, you know, get put back together. But, you know, if you're a Florida State fan, they're saying we've done it once. We can do it again. So there's some national talk. And I ran a few across a few podcasts and some national guys being high on the Canes. And, you know, uh, that's not typical. So it's it's better that they are than they aren't. Uh, you know, they're not saying Mario Cristobal should be fired. So that's good. Uh, but we'll see. You know, um, it just this year it feels and maybe it's just because if you throw enough stuff at the wall, something sticks. But this year it feels like they're actually paying attention. Um. Yeah. And, and you know, here's the thing, though. You got to take it all with a grain of salt, right? We haven't even gotten to spring practice yet. Uh, we haven't even gotten all the freshmen in. Uh, you know, we did get the the early entrance in, but we haven't gotten the guys that are going to come in during the summer. Um, and there's still another portal window to deal with. And uh, there's still a lot that can happen. We're looking for a CB coach. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm optimistic, but I never try to make predictions or have a, a strong opinion before we even get to, you know, fall camp. Try not to. It's hard, but I try not okay. to. I thought you wanted to grade the schedule out and give a... I mean, yeah, I mean, really? listen, listen, when it comes to schedule, uh, schedule day, that's always my... I like to go down and go a little win-loss on the schedule, but, you know, that's that's an old-school sports radio habit. Right. Yeah, so, it, it happens. Um, yeah, so at the end of the day... Um, yeah, no, we'll see. I'm excited about what we're going to learn. I do not, for the very record, I do not pay any attention to the offseason. It only matters to me what they do from game one to, you know, I mean, spring games, you know. It's funny. A couple of years ago, Tyler had a terrible spring game. And mm-hmm. everybody came away with it saying he looked great. And I'm like, what game did you guys watch? He was overthrowing wide-open guys. You know what I mean? I just – I didn't understand it and come to find out he had a terrible year and I was like yeah he showed that in the spring like we could see it like you just got to pay attention and so um yeah so outside of that Ruben Bain looked good last spring he looked yeah. good during the season so sometimes you can get some senses but like the guy that did the podcast with Jacurry Brown had an amazing spring game and never played it down so spring is for the fans yeah, no, that should be on a T-shirt. Spring football is for the fans. All right, we're going to take a break. On the other side, we're going to have a little fun. We're going to have a little bit of fun, just a little bit for your off season. So we will do that after this. Please subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Follow him on the socials at Brandon underscore Odoy. Follow me at Miami Radio Beast. It's the Real Ones Canes podcast. We'll be back right after this.
Welcome back to the Real Ones Canes podcast. He is Brandon O'Doy. I'm the Beast Brian London. Go subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search for the Real Ones Canes podcast. Listen, Brandon, we got to have a little bit of fun here. So the other day, my son, he's supposed to be in school studying, uh, in class, doing the homework, doing the academics. You know, that's a big thing. And instead, he's sending me tweets uh, from X that the uh, the trailer for the new EA Sports college football game is out. He told me I need to watch it immediately. I did. It was great. It takes place in the Rose Bowl. So I didn't see any Miami Hurricane stuff in it. So I immediately got upset. Uh, and we were going back and forth again while he's supposed to be like in, you know, geometry class. But that wasn't happening. And then I asked him a question. I said, he was doing what was important. So I respect well, him. Well, important is is relative. Important to him, maybe. Important to him <laughs> actually getting somewhere in life. I'm not so sure. But I asked him a question. And I'm going to ask you this question. Who is going to be on the cover? As college football, the game is back for the first time in a long time. Any thoughts? Who would you like to see? You got to put the goat on, man. You got. I mean, you, you got to attribute the best of the best. I mean, you know, I think you know we 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 talk about the Canes here, but this game coming back all this time, saving retiring. You gotta. You gotta. Yep. He's gotta be. I'm not yep. saying he's the only guy. Maybe there's a collage. But he's got to be involved. Yeah, you know, that that was my exact – that's what I said to my son, Zach, too. I said, you got to honor Nick Saban as much as I'll vomit when I pick up the game and you know I'll be first in line or want try to be first in line to go get that game. Uh, I'll I'll be a bit nauseated if I see Nick Saban, but he deserves the honor and the accolade. He definitely deserves it. Yeah. Because you got to – I can't remember the last time this game came out. It's been a while, but – I think it's like 11 years. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's the Nick Saban era, and nothing has honored him. It is a game about a game he's controlled. Like, you talk about a literal game he has controlled. You have to have him in some sort of way uh, involved or some tribute to him or something. I don't know, but, I mean, I don't know. It's been so long. What did they used to do with the Cubs? I, I think what they did was they – because, remember, there was no NIL, right? And so I think what they didn't, they used to take a player that like went on to the NFL, but had a great year the year before, whether it was the Heisman winner or something like that and put him yeah. on the cover. Wasn't it like but, Denarius Robinson's shoe string, shoelace or whatever his name, wasn't he on one? Yeah, he, uh, he might've been. Uh, I, I, I think they took a guy that had already graduated so that they could pay him because back yeah, then. They didn't want to. Right. Exactly. Now, you're right. Because of NIL, they could put a current player on there. So I thought, okay, let me look at the Heisman odds just to see if any of these guys make any sense. So you got Quinn Ewers, Texas, Carson Beck, Georgia, Dylan Gabriel, he's at his 27th school at Oregon, Jalen Milrow, Alabama, which that could make some sense. And then after that, you're now you're starting to, you know, really get into the weeds with Will How- Howard at Ohio State and, you know, uh, the, the new kid at Tennessee and, Garrett Nussmeyer at LSU and, you know, Connor Wegman and Riley Leonard at Notre Dame, uh, DJ Ungalale at Florida State, Cade Klubnick, Brady Cook, and, of course, Cam Ward. You know what's so interesting about trying and having the ability to put a player on? It's not like Caleb Williams coming into this year where you had a guy that was, you know, Caleb Williams or Marvin Harrison 
who was like a well-known returner. Like, we know Carson Beck because he's from Florida, but I mean, what has he really done other than lose to Alabama and cost his team three straight? Like, I mean, it, it, I mean, he's, there's no star power, you know? Yeah, uh, I mean, like, and, like when you think of the names, I mean, you know, like I said, to, I said to Zach, I said to my son, I said, what about Arch Manning? And Zach rightfully said, like, that guy hasn't done anything. I said, I know, but he's a name. So, y- y- like, it, there is no face of college football, right? This right now, feels collage to me. This, this is a collage year if I've ever seen one. There's no one person outside of Nick Saban that deserves to be on here. I saw rumblings on Twitter that Deion Sanders was going to be on the cover. So that was uh, that was another thing. Do we get the Sanders family, right? Do we get him, the quarterback, his other son? Like, do we get I the love whole... Deion Sanders. I love Deion Sanders. I don't think they deserve to be on there. I think it's... they won. What was it? They won four games last year. Listen, the first four games, they could have owned college football. I mean, it's yeah. unbelievable, but it fell off a cliff. And I don't think you can do that. You know, um, I don't know, man. I'm stumped. I. Whoever you pick, everybody's going to be upset. It's not. I mean, put Roll Tide Willie on there. I don't know. Put, you know, it, I think a collage is the best way to go. Get a couple of guys. Now, I do think it's fair for Dion to be in that collage. I think if you have a collage that has Saban, Dion Sanders, and, and I'm just talking about impact of the game. I'm not talking about wins and losses, but like people who are, you know, like talked about, like big whatever, you know, you know, big. I mean. Uh, a hotbed kid. I mean, going into tradition, why not put JJ McCarthy on there for winning the national championship well, going on? You know, so why don't you go with your old tradition of, you know, that? I thought about that too, but then there's a PR situation where if something comes down about Michigan and the whole cheating scandal, well, then do you want that kid? Not that he had anything to do with it, but I'm just he saying. He had nothing to do with it. Right, I know, but just the maize and blue on the cover, you know, does that have any There's kind of bad... time to adjudicate. I mean, controversy has never stopped NCAA from, from doing things, but yeah, I mean, you asked the question. I just tried to answer it. I mean, I'm a collage guy. I think you've been away for so long. I think you collage it up, and I think you can make a case for a JJ, a uh, a prime, a saving, um, a Marvin Harrison. If you want to go current players, uh, I mean, yeah, Carson Beck, Nico, um, the running back at Oklahoma State, Ali. He doesn't get a lot of press. He was really, really good last year. He should have Heisman odds. I'm not sure what list you're reading, but um, it. I don't know, man. I. But let me tell you the truth, and I think a lot of fans would agree with me. I don't think it matters whoever's on the cover. I'm yeah, going to grab one. And, and, oh, by the way, if they were smart, they would release multiple covers. Well, that's and, so that's that's another and, thing and I've people said. People buy the same game twice or three Dude, times just to get the guy they want. Remember back in the day, like magazines, like Sports Illustrated, yeah. RIP. I mean, I can't even. But uh, I mean, and you go into journalism J school at Northwestern, right? Like I know you used to yeah. like look up to the journalism that was in Sports Illustrated. Uh, but yeah, the- they used to have regional covers, different covers, different places. Sure. You would try to get your hands on multiple different, uh, uh, multiple different. Or the uh, 
Yeah, yeah, with the Athlons, you you would try to you'd be in an airport in another part of the country and pick up that Those one. So I remember buying all the Athlons around yeah. this time. Yeah, exactly. So like, so having different covers is not a bad idea either, man. I think that's a that would yeah. be a smart revenue move because you know, like uh, you know, maybe down here we could get like Xavier Restrepo on the cover. Yeah, you know, just just an idea. Um, Ward on the cover, Ruben Hurricane who? Bain on the cover down here. Ruben Bain. Yeah, I he's he would be if you're gonna pick a hurricane, he's probably the safest one. Him and Fletcher. Um, Fletcher, if he hadn't got hurt, God. I yeah, yeah, I guess. 100%. I don't know. Um, so for the for the fans out there, hit us up. If you're on the YouTube channel, you can comment right there. Hit us up. Let us know who you think should be on the cover. If you're listening via podcast, just just tweet at one of us, and uh, we'll 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 get back to you. So I just thought it'd be a fun little exercise because uh, yeah, that was fun. I mean, I'm always I'm always I just, I just hope it's not. I just hope it's for real. I just can't wait to have it. I used to stay up in college to tell you a quick uh, story. All so I night. So listen, watch this. I roomed with the current. Commanders, Washington Commanders president, Jason Wright uh, okay. at Northwestern. He was an all Big Ten back. So he had terrible hours because he was pre-med. And um, even while leading the Big Ten in rushing, right? So the deal was he would come in from like study halls or practices because we lived off campus in the stadium and all the facilities were like at the very top of campus. Um at Northwestern, so we live south of campus, so even about a five, ten minute drive. So he would get in like 10, 11 o'clock, whatever. He walks in, I'm like, hey, Jason, he's like, hey, B. And so he would go down to his room because, you know, we had an upstairs, downstairs in our apartment. And um, he would come up at like 5 a.m. in the morning, and I'd still be sitting there playing <laughs> something. And he'd say, Oh, good morning, B. And I like good morning, Jason. And he would walk out and start his day. And it's just like, yeah, dude, I've been playing NCAA that long because I only had three classes my senior year spring semester. So it was just like I just sat on the couch and literally I watched him come in and go back out. And yeah, that's, so that's my NCAA story. I uh, yeah, I have one of those two. Uh, two of them. One is. There was a time during my maybe my junior year or something in college where there was like a hurricane threatening the University of Miami and like they closed campus. So me and a bunch of friends drove to Orlando thinking we were escaping the storm. As it turned out, the storm actually came through Orlando. And so we were just stuck in our hotel in Orlando. You couldn't go outside. So we went to a blockbuster. We rented a PlayStation, rented college football. And for three days straight, we did not sleep. We stayed in a hotel room. We never left. We ordered room service. And all we did was play college football, like three of us, four of us, for three days straight during a hurricane. And then the other one was after uh, I had one class I had to finish my last semester. And so my apartment off campus was like the, you know, people would show up, whatever. And uh I remember it got to the point where like I would go to bed at like two in the morning and I'd wake up at like 10 and like four or five kids are still playing college football from the night before. And like, I'm like, do you guys have anything to do? They're like, no, man, we're in college. Like we're skipping class. We're playing college football. Like it just, it just kept going. It was like around the clock games were going on. Uh, yeah. That game, that game meant a lot to me back then. And so I can't wait to to play it with my yeah. son, man. No doubt about it. All right. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. We, we will definitely have more for you next week. Spring practice is getting underway. I'd be remiss if I didn't wish J.D. Arteaga and the Canes baseball team all the luck in the world. They start their uh, their campaign to get back to Omaha in the College World Series tonight against the New Jersey uh, New Jersey Tech or something like that. So uh, we start the season tonight. Go out there. Go to Mark Light. Get a milkshake. Watch a little baseball and hope they can get back to Omaha. But we will catch you next week. As spring practice gets underway, we'll have more for you. Maybe we'll have a higher at the CB position. Who knows what happens? Something's always happening in Miami Hurricanes land. It's the Real Ones Canes podcast. We'll check you next time. I'll see you when I see you. Peace. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.